I think it's crazy. And, and you guys didn't even realize. And you guys didn't even know what the fuck you were doing at the time. And the thing was, it didn't really even start until about eleven o'clock at night, and it went till about seven in the morning. That's so I mean, you you could be a band, you play at like four in the morning. And then you go outside and eat breakfast. The light would be coming up. The sun would come. You'd be like squinting, rubbing the crap out of your eyes. You go over uh, across the street and get like breakfast. Sick. So all right, let's let's bring it back because because obviously I say this all the time. I don't ask questions or anything like that. But can you bring us bring me back to where like where you grew up and like what you. I guess it's the hacky thing, but like what your influences were, or basically what drove you to go down there, the the found, you know, the uh, the, the the formation of your course for alarm and like all these other things. There was a lot of shit going on down there at one little time. Like, can you ex- expound upon that at all? Like, I don't know. Tell your story, my man. Tell my story. <laughs> I don't know. And however it comes out, I was just tripping over my own words. I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's just you get drawn. We got drawn down there. You know, I, I was... That whole punk rock explosion started, you yeah. know. Like, well, you a Brooklyn guy, a Queens guy? Jersey guy. All right, hold on. Sorry, you're from... You were living in Jersey at the time? Yeah. Of, all right, you see, now this is the unique one because everyone else watched. Well, there was a lot. There was a lot of Jersey guys that went to. Uh, right. No, I'm saying, I'm saying a lot of kids from uh, Nutley area were going there, like uh, what, the singer cause for alarm, uh, Keith Burkhart, right. uh, my friend Randy Underwood, who took a lot of like uh, like iconic, iconic pictures. Pictures, yes. I mean, he, I didn't even know the guy had a camera, but I stand has a million pictures. Yeah, but. Uh, and and uh, Will Crines and uh, there was just a bunch of kids from Nutley area that were going there and I and I had a friend from I lived up in North Jersey and must have and, been a mission yeah it was like a mission and how do you I guess I guess you heard like word of mouth about what's going on down on the Lower East Side. How'd you find out about it? There's no fucking internet. There's not. No, there was no internet. No, there's no. I was like going, you know, I was going to Bleaker Bob's to get records. Okay. At 99, and uh, you see flyers up and stuff, and you. And you just go. Yeah. Crazy. So, how was like cause for a law? Like, what's like the. Like, you know, how do you, how do you start that? Like, like, I don't know. I don't even know what to ask about how these things happen. Like, who created... Who were the actual founding members, of course, for a long? There was uh, me and... Uh, well, first, we were called Hinkley Fan Club. Hinkley Fan Club. Yeah, and I... Sean Hinkley, I'm assuming? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And Billy... Billy, Billy, Mo- Billy Milano was the singer. Interesting. Billy Milano was, was a buddy of mine who I brought him to a Bad Brain show. He was like a Ted Nugent Black Sabbath guy And I'm like yo you gotta check this shit out So I bring him to the city right. go see the Bad Brains And he was like hooked Really? Yeah yeah So he started coming out with me And I had some other friends uh, John Norquist A skinhead kid that got killed uh. And uh, my friend Blue He died of an overdose At Topic Square Park Fuck so uh, we, I used to hang out with those fellas. We used to like, you know, drive in. I'd drive in, or Billy would drive in. We'd go to A7. And you, you decided to form a band, and you called it Hinkley Fan Club. Right. <laughs> but then if you kids don't know who John Hinkley is, the guy that tried to kill fucking Ronald Reagan, which is awesome. <laughs> You know, uh, you know. Nowadays, with social media and everything, they make out like Trump is like the worst thing in, in oh, the world. Oh, yeah. But I mean, back then, a lot of people hated Reagan. I mean, if there would be social media then, they would have been. It would have been bad. I mean, there was like this, the AIDS epidemic. There was the the nuclear proliferation. Yeah, crack mean, era. I, re- I remember uh, with Cause for Alarm, we played the uh, Rock Against Reagan. Okay. By the uh, Washington Monument in D.C. Okay. I think the Dead Kennedys played, MDC, DRI, but there was like a huge amount of people in yeah. with all the banners, like Stop War and all this, uh, you know, like AIDS, everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, and now look at history. I mean, now too, some people think Reagan was like a great president. I don't he's, know. He's, you know, everyone talks about him like, oh, he was the greatest. Right. Uh, yeah, but back then, but when, you know, 
It yeah. seemed like it. No. I mean, I was. I mean, I remember Reagan being president, but I was a little bit too young. I, you know, I, I remember it, but you know, I'm fucking seventy years old. I don't give a fuck about politics. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but I, I, rem- I remember. It's bugged out. I was at a friend of mine's house, and I remember pretty vividly when Reagan was shot. Like, and I was, I was little, dude. When that, when that happened, 81, 82, 82. All right, I was like six. Right, yeah, yeah. I was like six, but I still remember that. I don't know. I would have fucking knows. I don't fucking know nothing. Fucking half shot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, um, so, you, Billy Milano, and whoever else formed the Hinkley Fan Club. Yeah, and then we, like, morphed into Cause for Alarm. Okay. Billy went on to be in the Psychos. Right. Okay, so this is 82. This has to be 82. If it's the Hinkley Fan Club, it's got to be around 82. Not yeah. too much later. He went on to be in the Psychos. Right. With Roger. Right. Sick. And we got Keith Burkhart, and we did Cause for Alarm. Okay. And you put out the first 7-inch. The first 7-inch. Right. Which is insane. I was actually listening to it earlier today at work. So we were playing, you know, in the, in the, you know, the New York scene and, you know, going out. I think we went, like, you know, out to Ohio, down to D.C., down to, like, Virginia Beach and stuff. And then we decided to move to San Francisco for some reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we took the whole band. We moved to San Francisco. Like, legit moved? Yes. Like, living in San Francisco? Yeah, we lived in the uh, beer vats. What the? All right. What the? What is that? <laughs> Tell people what you're talking about. Yeah. There was like these beer vats in San Francisco where they used to make beer, I guess, but they were abandoned uh-huh. and they became like rehearsal studios. Okay. And we split one with DRI. Really? We got an apartment in the Mission District. Okay. But that was our main. You know, like we would sleep in there too and everything, and we became like a. Well, we kind of split up then. And we, it, was, you know, it was a whole big drama thing. But the, the singer, you know, Keith left while we, went, while we were in California. And uh-huh. he went down to L.A. area. And uh, we stayed out there looking for a singer. Okay. We played a few shows out there. Okay. But we were like a bi- we became a bi-coastal band, I guess. And yeah. You're living in beer vats in California. From the Lower East Side. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I, then you threw me a curveball. I didn't expect to hear that, but all right, that's bugged out. And then, would you? How long were you in Cause for Law for? Like, would what were you on? Besides the seven inch. Just the seven inch. Okay. Just after, the, okay. After we kind of like disbanded, we went like crazy out there. We came back. Okay. Yeah, because I know that the, the timeline is weird that I don't really know, and the people listening, I'm, I'm sure, want to know, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we played a few shows out there. Okay. And we came back <laughs> after maybe six months or something out in San Francisco. Okay. We came back. When I came back, you know, it was like Cause for Long was up in the air. We had no singer. I was more like aligned with Keith. Because he was getting into the Harry Krishna consciousness stuff. Uh-huh. And the other guys were not like, you know, Robbie the drummer was more of an anarchist. And right. Al wasn't really into the Krishna stuff as much. All right. I wasn't, you know, I want to eat some of that stuff, but I was, you know, <laughs> I, I go two days without eating meat. I get crazy. I got to go eat a steak yeah, or something. Go, yeah, go eat some meat. Yeah, I eat <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, a, I'm not an herbivore, herbivore at all. Yeah. I got to have like a meat. Yeah, man. But, uh. <laughs> this is me too. Yeah, I'll man, fuck man, up man, a burger man. every now and then. I man. crave it. I don't know. I need the, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, so we came back and it was all disarray. And then it was the, the Agnostic Front had Todd Youth on bass. Right. This is where it came. Rest in peace, Todd. Youth. Rest in peace, Todd Youth. And um, he was so young. Back then, he was like running away to play with Agnostic Front. Yeah, and like his father was coming out to the Lower East Side to get him, and really? detectives and stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it was just that he couldn't. Uh, he was too young. Yeah. So he couldn't play in Agnostic Front. You know, it was 
Yeah, you never know when, when Todd's dad would come to pick him up by his collar to bring him back home and shit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, Vicky said, Rob, uh, yeah. you, know, you need a bass player. Yeah. So I went over to Agnostic Front. Okay. Now, they had already put out the United Bloody EP. Yes. The 7-inch. So, so you got in there right, like, in between, I guess, right? Right, right. So now, can, do you remember, can you fill me in, paint the picture, I guess, of that writing, recording process of putting out that fucking iconic Victim in Pain record? How yeah, I mean, I mean they, you know, some of the songs were still being worked on. Okay. When I got there, and you know, I mean, some of them they they had like pretty tight and everything. Yeah. And you know, we just gigged for a while on what we had, and uh, then we went into Don Fury's. And uh, how, how do you remember how long it took to to make that whole entire record? Couldn't have been very long. It wasn't very long. I mean, Don Fury's was right down the street from Vinny's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right down the street from Mott Street. So it was like we were always there. I don't know how, how many days it took us to bang it out. Yeah. Probably not maybe a lot. Two, maybe two sessions or something. Yeah, two or three sessions. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Crazy. And you guys had no idea what the fuck these were creating, did you? Or maybe you just did in a weird way. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, after we started playing, you know, CVs and it was like getting like a pretty good crowd and everything. Yeah. Then when like, you know, the media took notice in a way. Yeah. You remember, you know, there was that, you know, that people went on the Phil Donahue show. I mean, it started hitting the news a little bit. Yeah. I had Brandon Rafferty from SFA on. He was talking all about that stuff. Yeah. And... And not only that, but like, like photographers were coming down and just thinking, taking pictures of people and stuff, stealing the fashion ideas. I mean, uh, where do you think the ripped jeans all came from and everything? Yeah, legit fucking ripped jeans. And that whole look. I mean, look at it, what every dude looks like now with freaking shaved head and tattoos. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's bugged out. It's like you see, you see old pictures of like Harley. He's got the big fucking thing with the wings or whatever, the big demon or whatever all across his chest. He looks crazy little. He looks like a little kid. Yeah, he's probably like 14 years old. Right, with his huge, you know, you didn't see that very often at all, you know what I mean? No, so, everybody looks like that. Oh, oh yeah, you get some like, you fucking, know? yeah, absolutely. People are starting getting their faces tattooed in the beginning, you know what I mean? It's like, you have no tattoos, but yeah, you're yeah. starting with your face and your hands, but you have nothing else. It's just, you know, I don't know. Whatever, it's the kids. Every every now and then, I sound like you know, the, the crumbogenous old man. Yeah, they're like way. They're like uh, they're just. It's a common. trend. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's trend. A trend. Like, they're not. They're not uh, anything original or no, nothing. No. You know, go get your whole body tattooed. Yeah, you're real original. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might not have nice artwork and everything, but you're not doing anything that hasn't been done before. Exactly. And it's, it's a big you know, trend that a lot of these kids think it's gonna fucking wipe off. Like, well, dude. We went on that first tour, Agnostic Front. Here we were, shaved heads, tattoos. We'd walk into places like, you know, like a Waffle House or something. Yeah. We people would, like, stop eating and all stare at us. Like, people would be like, did you guys just escape from prison? Yeah. And stuff like I, You know, back then, they thought we were freaking crazy, mm -hmm. you know? A bunch of fucking misfit kids. Yeah. Boots, fucking mohawks, who had fucking mohawks, fucking <laughs> spikes and shit. Yeah, man. It's fucking, you know, I, I wish I would have been a fly on the wall just to fucking, I mean, I, I mean, that's why I think Drew Stone did a good job with the, with the Hawkeye Chronicles documentary, you know? I mean, there was some old footage and shit like that at the A7, but, you know, it's, it's just the, the, the sheer size of that place is so tiny. And, like, the history that happened within those walls is incredible to me. I don't know. I find that shit fascinating. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe I'm a fucking... Yeah, it's... Fuck, I was a half a fucking whack job. I don't know. But the best was, you know, when we went on that first tour with the, uh, for the Victory Pain record. Yeah. And we got to take it across the country, man, and, and really, like, spread the New York hardcore thing across yeah. the country, man. It was crazy. I mean, we went out to L.A., 
you know, we played shows all in between, but we booked it all ourselves and went out there. And there was like, we played in LA, there was like a huge riot. It was like the, the Olympic time. I remember seeing these punks throw a freaking garbage can through a cop car window. Really? Oh, man, the helicopters came in, cops were beating kids with batons and everything. Really? It was sick. And you know what was cool, though, though? That nobody had their phones out videotaping us. Yeah. You know? Shit just went down. Yeah. Who'd you play? I mean, I mean, there was no bands that like actually came along the entire fucking run with you, right? No, we just There's played with local bands. Just picking course, up bands along yeah. the way. You yeah. know, we, Roger made phone calls. It was just like a do-it-yourself tour. You know, we didn't go through a booking agent that first one. Of course not. Yeah, it was right. like you know. And yeah. I think we played one show in uh, Ohio and nobody showed up. Like no I think Roger. Roger sat in the audience at the at the uh, roadie set. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. Nobody. Roger was the audience in the roadie set. Yeah. See, that's that's fucking great. Then there was one one where we played a bar mitzvah. He's played a bar mitzvah. Yeah, really? Yeah, we booked the show and it was somebody's like bar mitzvah party or something on the victim in pain. Yeah, that's fucking that's awesome shit. I'd love to get fucking Roger, man. I'd love to. You know, he's in Arizona and stuff like that. I'd love to sit down and talk with Roger. Fucking. Funny shit, man. But yeah, I mean, all you guys, a bunch of young guys loading up fucking equipment, and would you jump into a fucking van and hope that the shit didn't break down? You make you stopping off and fucking hopefully the payphone works, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they use payphones back then. Nickels and dimes, any quarters yet? Because it was fucking so early. We had a pit bull with us to guard the equipment. Oh my god You know one of those vans With the you know You built the bed over it And uh, Hotel room You know A bunch of guys Slept at the van A bunch of guys Slept at the hotel Yeah But we slept at people's houses Yeah Did you sleep in a squat At all? Were you sleeping in a squat Down the lower east side With all those other guys Like Watson was with Fucking John Bloodclaw And Holly And Z squat And this I had I had apartment X Okay What's what, Talk to me about apartment what's, what's up with apartment X I heard about apartment Yeah it was on Norfolk Street Okay And uh, Keith Burkhardt had the lease And then he uh, Moved in with his uh, girlfriend Okay So he gave me the lease And I had that apartment with uh, Rabies Tony T-shirt <laughs> Okay this girl, Nancy Mohawk, had a room. And Nancy ha- Mohawk? Yeah, and we had Harley used to crash there all the time. John uh, Bloodclot used to crash there. And shenanigans happened. Yeah. Ray B's, you know, was there. He writing old lyrics on the wall. <laughs> if you were an out of town or you came, you could crash, crash there. Jesus Christ, man. It was like a little basement apartment, a little fire trap. Of course it was. But, yeah, but, yeah. but, but I heard like I heard like there was there was some fucking you know, I heard stories how you would how people would, would get like MacGyver and like you like rob electricity from like the light poles and shit like that, I heard. Like Oh yeah, so people were watch fu- people were doing that, yeah. Sick. It's like I don't know, man. You got you, a lot of people did, you know, did, did a lot with fucking nothing. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no running water. Did you have running water in apartment X? Oh, we had running water. It was a, it was an illegal apartment, right? But it was, a, you know, we had water and electricity. But... Oh, well, well, that was like a fucking luxury apartment then. You know? <laughs> it was right. I mean, I mean, I think it was. Was it Watson? Who he lived the... down the street from us. Watson had his own apartment, but he was like our neighbor, like maybe four or five buildings down from apartment X. Okay. Yeah, he, exactly. had, he had his own place, had his girlfriend, or whatever okay. type of girlfriend he had at the time was he was living there with, but he had his own place there. Yeah, that was, but yeah, but I think he said something, he had his own apartment, he had his own place, and that was before C-Squad, and I think he had his own apartment, and then he went to C-Squad after that. Yeah. Or something like that. And then apartment X was... 
the fuck? I don't, see, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to ruin it. I don't remember exactly what it was. I forget the whole timeline of everything, but uh, yeah, it's I was in Brooklyn and then moved to, to San Francisco with cause for alarm. Right. Fuck. And then you left cause for alarm. When you got back, I mean, you guys broke, kind of broke up, but then after you left, they got back together. And they yes, yeah, they had Chris Cherokee on the, uh, got him as the singer, and instead of Keith Burkhart, and they did like their course for Alarm thing. Right. Chris Cherokee, rest in peace, too. He's right. the other one that passed away. Yeah, Ray uh, B's, him, Todd, now there's so many. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But then Keith Burkhart did a, a version of Course for Alarm, too. Okay. And put out records. Okay. Are they still at the all now? No. No, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Didn't they recently do something like not that long ago? No. Are you sure? I don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, when you say not long ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago? Yeah, 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 something like that. No, not, not within the last couple of months, that's for sure. But, um, so then you, you were on, obviously, you are on Victim in Pain, and then what happened to you with Agnostic Front? Because obviously the next record was called Cause for Alarm, and you weren't on. I was on it. You were on Cause for Alarm, but then after no, that's right, that's right. Because then Liberty and Justice, you were gone. Right, right, right. So you were on two legendary. A lot of people flip flop. I mean, a lot of people's favorite record. I mean, I I hear different shit. I mean, it depends on my mood. I'm a weirdo though. It depends on my mood. It could be any. It could be. There's three agnostic front records that could be in my my favorite one at any given time. It would be either be Victim in Pain, One Voice, or a lot of people don't mention it a lot because it's very thrashy. It it is Liberty and Justice. Right. I fucking love that record. You can hardly understand a goddamn thing that fucking Roger says on it, but I fucking love that record. That was the first Agnostic Front record that I ever bought. I bought that and Leeway Born to Expire at the same day in 1989 when I accidentally stumbled upon the hardcore scene for being a metalhead. So I went the next day, so it was, I've told this a million times, it was White Zombie Leeway Suicidal Tendencies at Lemoore's, 89. I've heard of Leeway, never heard them or anything like that. Eddie came out, they did Rise and Fall. I saw the fucking place explode. I'm like, what the fuck do we have here? The next day... That was 89. That was 89. I was a, I was a big metalhead kid. Like, I grew up listening, you know, I've told this before too, but like... My old babysitter, when I was like eight or nine years old, had like Motley Crue shout out the I listened to like a lot of Queen growing up in the house, like a lot of old rock with my father, Queen Zeppelin, a lot of the same shit that you would hear mostly. But then she had like Motley Crue shout out the devil, twists just to stay hungry. So I was like, all right, well, this is kind of crazy. It's seven years, the imagery, it's so cheesy now. But then, then I, then from there, I went to like, you know, the old Metallicas and the Testaments and, and then a little bit of like the death metal stuff. And then I found like the Suicidal Tendencies. And then and then I went to go see Suicidal All the Moors and Leeway Open. And that that band is the is the catalyst that took me this way. Right, right. You know what so I mean? you saw, saw them and then... Uh, so I saw them, but then... started but, exploring. And then I started exploring. Yeah. I went right from... I went to them and I went to... I went to a place called Zero CD Cellar in Brooklyn in Canarsie at the time, and I went there and I bought Born to Expire and Liberty and Justice. So right there, Born to Expire came out in 89, Liberty and Justice was 87. I was already going backwards. I was already trying to learn where this thing came from. Because well, I'm going to take it back farther then. Right. Well, you can, but I yeah. really can't. So, so in the 86, right, after... You know, we put out the victim in pain. Right. We're playing CBs, it's packed, you know, then there was like the Rock Hotel and, and, and everything. Right. So this the hardcore scene starting to get noticed, get like media attention. Metal kids is coming to our shows. Uh-huh. They you start seeing like the anthrax guys and everything. Mm-hmm. That's when Billy Milano hooked up with the anthrax guys. Yep, to hook to, to form I mean, so like Metallica came to CBGBs to check out the Crumb Suckers. I remember that show. Sure. And uh, people from like record labels were coming. So they, you know, they wanted to sign us, the Relativity, to their Combat Core label. Right. 
Well, originally, Victim in Pain was on Rat Cage, no? Right, yeah. Okay. But then, did, did it get re-released or picked up by another yeah, label? Yeah, by Relativity. By Relativity, yeah. okay. Because I know that, like, every once in a while, like, on eBay, you'll find, like, the original fucking first-pressing vinyl yeah. double-gate on Rat Cage Records, which is a sought-after thing. Yeah. Because there's, sort of, like, very, you know, few of them. So, okay, Combat Core Relativity. Okay. So they were taking it to the next level, you know. The, you know, everything was... Moving in that direction, you know. Right. Everybody, you know, the scene was getting bigger like that. So then we signed with them, and you know, they gave us like a budget to record our record and uh, for the course for a long record. But that's when we lost the drummer and. Right, but also at that same time, enter fucking. You have to say because you see, you're saying that you know all the metal people started coming and this and that, but then also around that time. Carnivore was being formed. Right. You know? Well, actually, not even being formed. They were formed. The first record came out in 85. Right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because Retaliation came out in 87. Well, we, so Pete Steele is hanging around. Yeah, they're hanging around. And wrote a bunch of shit for Course for a Long. Well, we shared a uh, garage with them. See, Our I practice studio was split with Carnivore. I didn't know that. And that's... So, Maybe I should have known that, but... You know, you know I mean, when you're in a band, it's like, you know, these... Uh, you know, we lost our drummer, right? Right. So we were auditioning drummers. We just signed their freaking combat. We got no drummer. So, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we put an ad, like, in the Village Voice. We get these drummers, like... They say they're pro drummers. They come and they couldn't play, you know, what we wanted to play. Yeah. And Louie was like, I'll do the record for you. I'll do... Well, yeah. Great. So then he starts playing, you know, we start jamming with Louie in the Carnivore studio, and Pete was just hanging around, and he's like, hey, I want to collaborate too, uh, you know. And yeah. So we just became like that. Like, we were, like we just hang out in each other's rehearsals. Yeah, and it just fucking formed like that. Yeah. And then obviously all the controversy with that, that, that Pete Steele fucking writes, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which now, it's like I say it all the time, it's like, you know, there's that reincarnation of, of Carnival, Carnivore AD that's right. going on now, which is a fucking great tribute band. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's done in order to, not to capitalize on Pete or anything. Like, I had Baron on the podcast, the singer, and he he was huge friend. He was friends with Pete. You know what I mean? So, but um, I always say like like if retaliation came out today, you'd never be able to put that record out today, because everyone will be crying and oh, yeah. fucking thing. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, now, I mean, can, can you put out a fucking public assistance today? People would fucking Same go thing with, nuts. like, the S.O.D. record. Speak English or die. Oh, and my we, uh, God. You know, yeah, because everybody gets butthurt now. Everybody, right. You know, everybody's got feelings and shit like right. that and opinions yep. that don't mean shit. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. Everybody gets a fucking voice. I don't think I, you know, I said it, I always say this too. It's like, I'm, I'm all for freedom of speech, but, you know, these fucking phones and shit, it gives every fucking idiot a fucking voice. And it's just too much, you know? Yeah. These people used to, some of these people used to be like down in their fucking mother's basement with no outlet. Now you give them the internet and now they have an outlet and they're all fucking, you know, creatures. Yeah, yeah, you know, some people, you know. <laughs> Too stupid to have an opinion. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, everybody gets to have an opinion, but some people are just too stupid to have one. Exactly. <laughs> and that's an opinion. And it's, yeah, it's, it's my just, opinion. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I agree with your opinion. Absolutely. Listen, some of my opinions, fucking whatever the fuck, it's an opinion. Everyone needs to relax. Relax. Yeah, relax. You know what? I survived a lot of shit, so I'm Me still here. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's just like, come on, man. Survival of the fittest. Exactly. If you're going to be a weak-minded person, you're a butthurt all the time. <sighs> it's God. It's, you're going to survive. No, everyone's overly <laughs> sensitive. It's like, come on, man. It's like, yeah, I would never think that in 2018 it would be like this fucking soft. You know what I mean? It's oh, crazy. God. And, but it's, it's only getting worse. worse. It's only getting worse. It's only getting worse. It's like, if people were around 
on fucking at shows in 1980. It's like you'll see somebody now. It's like, oh, you know, somebody got hit or someone got punched at a show. Oh, my God, there's a big, huge, whole big to-do. And someone got a black eye, so there's a GoFundMe page. And there's a whole, everyone's crying. But if you can't do a show, if you went to a carnival show in fucking 85... Things weren't fucking sweet. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, just getting to the in the in the areas you had to go, you could if you survive, jump to fucking go to the shop. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what the fuck, man. I don't know. Maybe that's the way we were raised, and that's why. That's why probably me and you. It's like everyone just needs to just shut up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. So, cause for alarm gets recorded. You guys obviously you go on a tour. You tour extensively for it. Oh, the course for the, the course for a long tour was a big tour. It was. There's a lot of history about it, but uh, all right. So fill us we, in, man. We went on tour with GBH. It was sick. It was okay. Agnostic Front and GBH, and we did half the country. We, we and the Chromats did the other half. At the we, same time. The way back with GBH. Okay. And we did our own. Shows too. Well, you know, we did solo on the way back. Okay. But that was like a tour hooked up through uh, Relativity Combat. So it was like, you know, a lot of press, you know, back then with the magazines, you know. Yeah. You know, like Hard Rock Magazine or whatever, Circus and uh-huh. shit like that. I mean, everything they were like. Parade. Yeah, they were all coming to the shows, you know, all this bullshit press was coming to the shows. Just. People that wanted to get in free, I guess they shove, shove a microphone in front of you. Take oh, yeah. Picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I work for this. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of press and, and and stuff, and and you know, GBH was 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 big too because you know because Metallica was wearing GBH things. Yeah. And, and all like it was like a real exciting time in music. It was like a lot of metalheads and punks and hardcore. Yeah, it's a big heads. time crossover. Yeah. Like so that. we were do, doing that, man, and it was. Played some big shows and yeah. Uh, was the first one? Was the first one that pops in your head? So it was big shows. Where? Where was it? Rapid Fire, <laughs> Fender's Ballroom in uh, L.A. Okay. Crazy shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, we played one show. We played, and then on the way back, we played with Motorhead. Really? Like in Louisiana, and there was a big uh, riot. Okay. Yeah, because uh, kid jumped on stage and like it knocked in the Lemmy. Uh, Lemmy kicked him, and all yeah. the kids went nuts. Went on the stage. Uh-huh. It's Tim Rogers' book. He, he uh, you know, the, the kids were like tearing apart the stage. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of another agnostic. Well, it wasn't just an agnostic front show where where everybody stormed the stage. Yeah, we had a lot of storming the stage. Yeah. But this is in ninety ninety two. 92, 93, 92 At the Palladium in the city Do you remember that yeah, show? Yeah, That was like the infamous riot show Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of riots Yeah, we all stole on the stage It was crazy You can find a gritty version of that on YouTube I was there Very interesting shit Fucking nonsense So, Course for a Long Tour how, how long are you on tour for about For the Course for a Long Record? I gotta, I gotta say it was probably about two months Okay all right. We hit every like major city in the yeah. U.S. You know, we, we extensive yeah. touring. Right. Back then. Yeah. We had a trailer. We had. You're a, moving up in the world yeah, now. We had a, you had a trailer. <laughs> we had a trailer. We pulled a trailer. And uh, yeah, we didn't have any like. Uh, what one place uh, we blew the we blew the motor in Louisiana. I remember. I had to go get the freaking motor, uh, well, buy a whole new freaking motor. Really? So you had this fucking thing, you had to drop a whole new Yeah, we motor. were like in the bayou, driving it, like we were stuck. I, I think I hitchhiked to the next freaking town and found a, a place that would uh, put a new motor in. They came and told the thing. Really? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's a fucking whole deal. That'll set you back. That's fucking tour money. That's, that's fucking... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good... He's a, we got to hit the record label for, uh, you know, an advance for the, for the loader. Oh, my God. Find a fucking payphone in the fucking Louisiana Bayou to fucking... We had the best was I, I don't know, which, which tour was this? I think we were... We were touring with the Dropkick Murphys, and we were going out to our first show. I'm driving down Route 80. 
right over here in Jersey. Okay. But we have this van, we're pulling a trailer. All of a sudden, I lose the steering. I'm like, fuck. I lose the steering, and I'm like, just the power steering. I, I'm in, like, the left lane, and I... I Pulling it to go over to the right. All of a sudden, fucking smoke comes out of the fucking engine. The fucking thing burst into flames. Oh, my God, dude. We get to the side. We all jump out. We go into the back by the bed thing that we built. We pull out our equipment. The thing burst into freaking flames. The flames are like three stories high. Really? Fucking helicopters are flying over it. No shit. We were flying out. For, we, I mean, we were driving out for our first show. With dropping my hands. It was in like... Uh, and there's Scranton in, in Pennsylvania that we, we I mean we we didn't make that show obviously right. Right? but we, I went and got a, a van from Fantastic in Long Island okay and uh, yeah, you blew the threw van out my credit cards like yeah, yeah I take that van and uh, continued the tour you blew the van up Rob yeah didn't you? no it was the transmission oil it was the, the 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 weight of the trailer was too heavy for the for the transmission the transmission oil got so fucking hot. Oh, okay. Fucking burst in the flames. No shit. The car seats everything, man. The fucking van seat again. It's amazing. It burst in the flames. Did all you? Did you save all your equipment? Yeah, we pulled the equipment out. We we unhooked the trailer. We unhooked the trailer. I mean, in in the van was just like you know, duffel bags. So they we opened the back quick. The fucking front is on fire. Right. And they're pulling out the the bags. Okay. And we unhooked the. The hitch and push that thing away. Yeah. The cars are pulling over. Help this. And then the fucking thing burst in the flame. Nice. Yeah, we had a lot of bad luck sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But well, we persevered, man. That's exactly. what it's about, you know? Yeah, man. Back in the day, it's, you know, it's fucking, it was, I mean, yeah, you had to be fucking resourceful, you know? And you guys all fucking made that shit happen. It's fucking, I don't know, man. I think, once again, like a lot of these kids, they don't get it. They don't understand. You know what I mean? You know, you have one of these, you're never really in trouble if you have service. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know? You, have to, you know, if you don't have one of these things, then, then you, you, you might have to think, and you become fucking resourceful, and you fucking become MacGyver, and you do this, and you do that, and you make shit happen. You know? But, uh... Yeah, so, course for a long tour, and then what happened, what happened after that? I mean, it was. I mean, were you in any bit? Because obviously, you left Agnostic Front, right? Right. So then, I mean, I know that I'm, I'm not really skipping, but I know that I know that the band that you. I could be wrong, but oh, it's because I had a kid. I got married. I got a kid. I got a huge job. Okay. Yeah. So so all right. So I get that. But then, as far music wise, after you left the band. I could be wrong, like I just said. Oh, I, I was did. against the green. Right. Yes. Was the next band? That you yes. Had. Okay. See, I thought maybe there, there might have been something. They maybe a little small thing in between. Yeah, I did against the green. Okay. And we were doing, you know, we, we were playing, you know, up and down the coast a little bit. What years? What time frame was this around? Fuck, man, that was like. 20 years ago We used to play it Like the pipeline a lot So this the is mid, So this is like early, early mid This is like mid 90s then Yeah Okay Okay So you played a lot In Jersey The pipeline and shit Yeah Okay I don't think I might have seen you guys Like on a bill Like by accident played, Or where, something Did we play CBs I wouldn't be surprised Why wouldn't you play CBs Around that time You know Why wouldn't you Wetlands you know what's weird is that for some weird reason, and I don't know why, I never went to a fucking show at the Wetlands. You never went there? Never. And I don't fucking know why. It's weird to me. So we did, that's where we did Agnostic Front. We did our, uh, our big, like, after, like, Agnostic Front broke up and there was, like, a hiatus and everything. That's where we did our comeback show. Right, reform. Right, I was at I was at the CB show where they where they recorded Last Warning. Right, right. that was Dece- that was December twenty third, ninety two. Then they did a had a, a break. Then they had the break for a couple of years, but then they came out with something's got to give. Right, right. Well, that was just because like we all like 
met up at like a Mad Ball show. I think the Mad Ball at the Wetlands, I believe. Okay. I think it was Wetlands. But we were all there, me, Vinny, and Roger. Right. And we got up on stage and played a few songs, Victor and Payne songs. And you got the fucking flame back. Yeah, we got the flame back, you know. Bit you in the ass. I'm the feeling. Like, oh, I say, oh, you want to do some shows and stuff? So we, you know, we played out some shows. And we just started writing. And then, you know, then, you know I, yeah. then, then, they, then they got together for good now. You know? Right. That's where they got back together for good. But then I did, I, I did with them. You know, something's got to give. Right. Which is a fucking incredible record. And we, you know, we took that around the world then. You know, we now, not only, you know, I went from, you know, playing with them across the U.S. Now we put something's got to give. Next thing you know, we're doing tour in Europe, tour in Japan, tour in yeah. South America. Went down, to, went to Australia, you know. Yeah. And then the same thing with Riot, Riot Upstart. Right. Yeah, because it was something's got to give, right, right, upstart. And then what was it? Dead Yuppies was like... Uh, yeah, the Dead Yuppies. Right. But wasn't that more of like a Jimmy Coletti project thing yeah. that wound up becoming somehow or another an agnostic front record? <laughs> or something? No, he wrote a lot of that stuff. Okay. But the story behind that is, you know, they put out that Dead Yuppies thing with the guy, you know, like a... a, a it's a chalk out one with yeah, a briefcase. <laughs> but then the World Trade Center collapsed. At the same time, so it was like, uh, uh, the record didn't get any press or anything, it was all like dead yuppies, it was uh, like, kind of like, you it's, know. Yeah, it's bad timing. It's a bad timing. A little bit, a little bit of bad timing. <laughs> Fuck. Jeez, because it's a, you taught, I mean, that's fucking cool that you were able to basically tour the world. Was that the first time you toured the world? It was on the Something's Gotta Give tour? Yes. Which well, we started taking it around, you know. Yeah. We did our, you know, we used to go play to festivals in Europe in the summer, and then we used to do like a, a Christmas time tour, like in November, December. Right. And then fill in, you know, go to Brazil, and between there. How is Brazil? Brazil, I hear, is fucking bananas. It's crazy. Oh, I love New York hardcore down there. I know, they're crazy down there. That's what I heard. Yeah, you know, Colombia. Those yeah. places, you know, it's like the whole thing, like, like you say, like, you know, went from like a place, you know, with a handful of people to like around the world, they all love it. The people were like NYHC, yeah, like in fucking it's Columbia. You, you guys, you know, all that small little tiny group of people, like people don't realize how little it was, and that little tiny little group fucking spawned. The whole fucking... It's a worldwide fucking thing. It's fucking crazy. And like you said, like you mentioned earlier, like the Sick of It All, like Sick of It All just put out, I don't know, what's like their fucking 14 fucking records or something yeah, like they've that. Been, and they've been doing it for all this time. Well, traveling yeah. all over. Yeah. Through the, you know, all these years and everything. Yeah. Playing on everything, right? You know? It's fucking crazy. And it's like they've had the same lineups and Scratch the Surface and after Richie left and then Craig joined and then Scratch the Surface came out in 94. So yes. you're looking at, you know... It's crazy, and you know that's their fucking living. It's fucking awesome. Good for them, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, I mean, come easy, you know. I mean, there's a lot oh, of oh, no, I, I've never that stuff, you know. Oh, like, I mean, oh, I, I don't, I, I get it. Like, I'm not saying it's easy at all, man. Those guys fucking grind, and listen, even fucking agnostic front to this day. I mean, yeah, they're gonna put out another record now. You know, go up there and they fucking kill it, man. It's fucking great. It's fucking, you know, it's. For all the and then, but you know what? Like and then I think and it's like okay, Nazi Front's been around for almost forty years, right? Thirty-five. Yeah, almost forty, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you're rounding up now. You're making them older than they are. All right. You're yeah, making me feel fucking old. I know. But, <laughs> well, listen, I'm no fucking forty. I'd be almost sixty I'm now. Forty-three. Yeah, I'm forty-three. Listen, no one's. Here. But it's like you know what? I'm sure that everybody's gonna do it. You know. As long as they can. But then what do we have? You know what I mean? Yes, we still have the sick of it all and the agnostic front and the Murphy's Laws, thank God. Thank, I'm glad. Well, there's good new bands, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, like, they're not there, young. There's a lot of great new bands, yeah. but, but is there that band? Is, is there a band that you can think of off the top of your head that could bring it to a level like sick of it all at this point? There's a lot of great bands. There is. But who's the band 
that can bring it around the world. Excluding Madball because they've been doing that as well. Are you talking New York hardcore? Yes. Off the top of my head, I can name a lot of bands that are great bands. But bands that would be able to do and follow the actual footsteps of Agnostic Front, Sick of It All, Murphy's Law, Madball, Chromags, that could still fucking do it. Who is that? Honestly. That's what my whole point is. Like, once everyone goes... Sheer Terror is going around now. But Sheer Terror has been around forever as well. They were talking about that. Right. right. So, right. Those are that core, that core old school group. I'm talking about a band that was formed in the last 10 years. Well, these guys got to step it up and start... That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Step up the game. That's what I'm saying. It's like, when all these other bands, you know, and I hate to say it, but... Maybe the last stand. I like those guys, you know? Yeah, that would be great. But can they take it to where, you know, like, that's what I'm trying to think of. Who's the band that's going to keep it going, not just on an underground, you're playing the local spot in front of 50 kids type band. Like... You know? Who is that? And that's why I get a little sad because I don't know who there is. When all these old school, the fucking founders of this thing who are still fucking doing it and grinding are gone. Was are you fucking writing this off already? No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Believe me, trust me. I don't want in the grave? No, I don't want nobody to go nowhere because I don't think there's anybody that's going to be following. Yes, all the music still lives on, but it's like, you know. I think it won't die. It'll never die. I hate that question. The word hardcore, no, it'll never die. But I'm just saying, like, those big bands, quote-unquote big bands, who are taking it around the world. And, you know, it's, I don't know, I I wish I could be like, oh, yeah, well, this band I see can fucking pull this shit off. I don't know. Not in New York. You know, can you can you think like like a big like a bigger band like who are like these new hype bands a little bit now like Turnstile, but they're from like Baltimore and shit. But yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about New York Hard. Right, right. I'm saying, but that's like Baltimore, and then you have like you know Philly, Jersey, you know Code Orange, but they're not really hardcore. You know, but New York, who is that? I don't know. You got you fuckers that are listening. You need to step up. You do. You know. So. Back to you, Mr. Kabula. <laughs> then, after, um... Alright, so you did... Alright, so... Against the Grain, you were doing for a little bit, and then you got back with Agnostic Front? Yes. Yes. Right, okay. I didn't want to fuck that up, because I fucked that up. I was doing Against the Grain. Then I went back and did... Agnostic Front. something's got to give, right? Right. And then... When did... Because you're in a band currently. Yes, Dead Blow Hammer. Yes, which I think is a dope fucking name. Okay. And we have a EP gonna come out soon. We well, have just recorded five so- new songs. But you do have a seven inch out. Yes. Okay. And and what is it? You're on Bandcamp and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So you're on Bandcamp. You're on Instagram. So everybody, if we really have to explain how to fucking search this shit at this they, point, they can think of it. Just type up Dead Dead Blow Hammer and. You'll fucking find it It's dope shit But it's, isn't it Who's the same Is it the same exact members No It's not the same exact members As Against the Grain No No but, but Mostly But right Except for the drumming Right So I And oh the guitarist So we added a guitarist And another different A different guitarist And a different drum Okay yeah. Well, you can well, we changed the name from against, against the grain because there was like there's like three other against the grains. Is you know, there? we had against the grain, and uh, you know, I guess people don't fucking use Google or whatever. Right. And then they wanted, even though we were like kind of like not doing anything, but just because you're not doing anything doesn't mean you can take a band's name. Exactly. I agree. You know so what you I mean? It's like, you know, yeah, it's retired, you know, yeah. like that name. They don't fucking pick a name out of re- out of a retired band. And, right. But so we, we so we used Google and we found a name that no, there is nobody there that did blow Right. <laughs> right. You came up with it? You decided the name? Yeah, we all collaborated on okay. it. Okay. It's a dope name. There's, you know, I have your 7-inch. You played... 
You played one of my. Yeah, both have played one of the. Yeah, we played the Lone Star Yeah, yeah, you played. It was the was it the the, the last damn record release, wasn't it? We played with. Uh, it was Deblo Hammer, Low Road, Enrage. Yes, the last hand and uh, what the those guys from Rhode Island, right? Too? Reason to fight. Yes, reason yes. to fight. That was a good show, man. Yeah. yeah, I was happy for Mike. It was a nice fucking turnout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his record release for um, this. No, what the fuck was the name of it? Holy shit! Sorry, Mike. The last hand record. I'm on fucking backup vocals on the fucking thing. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I get brain farts too. Like, yeah, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. I fucking forget things. I, I, I could be talking to somebody and forget their name. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it was like all the freaking uh, chemicals I did when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. Me too. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. So, are you guys playing? You guys, you guys active? Well, well, you just said you guys are coming out with something new soon. Right. Yeah, you have songs recorded. Yeah, so we're okay. working on that. You have a working title? Uh, for the EP, no. Okay. But we have five songs like recorded, and we're just mixing it now. Okay, that's cool. Where you mix? Where you? Where you doing with that? Where you recording? Where you got mixing? We recorded it in our practice studio with. Uh, okay. We're doing a real uh, little DIY. Know, DIY, man. Right. Back to the roots. Good shit. You have any uh, any shows? I mean, I got. I don't know. Would it play on this? Yeah, give it a shot. Put it up right by the thing. You can play a little snippet, or if you want, what you can do. Do you have a full song? Is it mixed and ready? Well, this is like a pre-mix, but it sounds, it sounds pretty good. If you want, you can send that to me, and I can have my podcast guy attach it to the end of this podcast. We can end oh, yeah, that yeah, song. Then, then it's, yeah, that would be better, right? Than going through the microphone and all that. Right? Well, if, if, if you want, you can, play a, you can play a snippet, a little teaser, and then we'll, we'll close out the podcast with this actual song. What's the name of the song? Cast System Skunks. Oh, heavy. If you send me the MP3 or you message it to me, however, I can send it off to my guy. And when I when I hand him this file, I'll be like, "Listen, here's this. Slap this on the end of the podcast, so it'll just go right into the song, legit." So when is this podcast podcast going to be out? This one will be out in like two weeks. I have well, because Watson dropped today. Then I have Johnny Waste dropping, and then I have Paul Crippled than you. So it's like two and a half weeks. All right. Yeah. But it's good. You know, see, I, I want to do... Some people are like, oh, man, like, I wish you put it out so... But I try to put one out once a week, which I've been doing, you know, good. But now winter is coming up. So it's like my job, if it snows, I work. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, you got to do all that like, to clear the snow. I clear the snow work, for the right? school. Yeah. And it's in my contract. Everybody all hands on deck. So it's that. And plus, like, I had Lou sick of it all on. And that was postponed once or even maybe twice because of snowstorms. You know, so we didn't put something out for, like, two weeks or something. So I try to, like, if someone's down to do one tomorrow, you know what I mean? Let's, for, let's say I'll do it. But it just has to wait its turn. Yeah, yeah, you do it once a week. It comes out once a week. Right, so it might be a little bit down the line, but I have them backed up so that I could be consistent with the podcast and keep putting one out once a week. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's tactics for it, you know what I mean? Right. 
I wish I was like Joe Rogan and I could do it every fucking day and put one out every day. I mean, this stuff is great. I mean, this is stuff like the New York hardcore scene is not just bands. It's like other people that do sure. stuff like this. It's the promoters. It's the people that sure. work fan scenes. And now they, you know, the podcast. Yeah. It's like a collective thing that... That all helped it go on. The artists that drew the flyers, you know. Yeah. You know, I want to get on, what's his name? Rich, Richie, the photographer guy that you didn't know how to camera. Randy. Randy, yeah. He's in Florida. Oh, he does live in Florida. Yeah. Fuck. Because I know we follow each other on Instagram and shit like that, and I know the comments and whatnot on the podcast, and he was, he had a big, he had a, a decent snippet in the, in the... No, he's got like a garage, like, filled with New York hardcore I know. pictures. Right, like, I saw... cool pictures from, like, like, the Jane Street Rock Hotel to the Ritz Sick. Rock Hotel to, like... You know, all the clubs back yeah. then, you know, yeah, like seven, the, you know, we, there was like the mud club we used to go to and yeah. on certain nights, Danceteria. Danceteria. Fuck. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, we played there. That was the front we played there. They, they did like a hardcore night, like every, like, whatever, it was like a Wednesday night or something. Okay. There was uh, Peppermint Lounge that we used to go to on Sunday nights. They had... Uh, Fuck. You know, like I remember, like Black Flag coming through there. And That's crazy. Did you? Were you at the Minor Threat shows at all? Minor yeah. Threat? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you were, right? Fuck. A lot of, you know, it's cool because all these last few people that I've been doing shows with, all were at those Minor Threat shows. You know what I mean? That they were plaza show, the one in D.C., whatever. Old enough to have been at a Minor Threat show. A lot of people wish, you know. It was like a like the Bad Brains Minor Threat and SSD. Yes. It was like a great show. I mean, it was like a war because all these kids from Boston came up mm-hmm. and kids from D.C. came up and they wanted to mosh harder than us. Uh-huh. And, I, and they're I, jumping off the stage with their sneakers and, mm-hmm. you know, they're straight edge and like, fuck. What a time though, man. That must have been incredible. It must have been fucking awesome. I think that was at Irving Plaza. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it was, was because I believe Watson touched on that too. And he, there's a picture. Yeah, so that was like a that was one of those shows, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, it's fucking mosh pit on the stage, and like there's a picture with Ian, like looking Ian McKay looking, and he's like, there's a fucking mosh pit on the stage. What's that now? You kind of see that now sometimes, like the Sarko and shit like that. But back then, it's like fucking chaos, and there's fucking. Watson, like crazy young, standing in the crowd, like watching all the shit. It's a crazy picture, and I'll post it up. I'll find it. And I'll post it. But yeah, I was digging around. There's a whole fucking whole shitload of old pictures with you, like what I did with these flies and shit like that. It's crazy, man. I'm glad that they were, people actually had the wherewithal to have cameras and take some of these shots. Yeah, it wasn't like easy like that. Like exactly. A, I mean, a camera was like this fucking big. And, right. You know, yeah. you had to worry that it would get stolen or like break or something. I yeah. Mean, Lug it around and transfer it then eventually to whoever has it. I mean, still I, has it to have it on the internet. I yeah. mean, I got to give it to Randy. I mean, he caught like some of those pictures. Like he caught like people like in, you know, like expressions and yeah. like, you know, well, like that, shots. those shots that <laughs> I still don't remember this guy having a camera. Oh, he fucking... Oh, no, so I thought we guys probably had some uh, yeah. chemical enhancements. Of course. At that time. Yeah. Well, he has a, he has a pretty big um, a pretty big part in the um, New York Hardcore documentaries film. You know, they, you know, where he's in the garage, where Drew is in there with the garage. Yeah, so yeah. Showing all that. So if, if anyone hasn't seen that yet, I mean, that's... It, it, it's... You know, there's some, a lot of old school shit in there. It's, it's interesting to watch. Yeah, Drew Stone's doing a lot of work. Yeah, you know, for the New York and I'm in. Well, I'm in it, but the only part of me that's in it is my, is the back of my leg because Jeremy Miller is tattooing the New York Hardcore logo on the back of my leg, and I did that only for Drew because he asked me to. If you want to get tattooed, you want to get the New York Hardcore logo tattooed for the New York Hardcore fucking documentary, but you have to get it at New York Hardcore Tattoos. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So there I am. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, like a little bit of fucking history, man. So, I mean, you don't, you, you don't have any shows right now booked for Dead Blow Hammer? Not yet? Yeah, actually, we're playing close to here, so you got to come. Talk to me. Tell everybody. December 14th. This will be out by then. In Clifton. Okay. The Flash Bar. 
Okay, the club. Oh, I've been to the Clash Bar. Okay, it's like s six miles from here. Okay, it's a toy drive too. We're even doing something for. Uh, okay, December what? Fourteenth. December fourteenth. Friday, December. And we're 14th. playing with. Um, Silence equals death. Okay. I want to say full scale riot. Who you're wearing their shirt right now? Right. Okay. And ogre. Ogre. Ogre? Yes. Okay. And it's a toy drive. Yeah, I mean, it's like five bucks to get in, or if you bring a toy... You're in. You're in. That's awesome. Something like that. Just bring a toy. It's, it's Christmas time. It's, it's for, like, underprivileged kids. Yeah. Kids that don't have toys. Right. And do the right fucking thing. All right, so December 14th, Clash Bar, Devil Hammer, Silence, Eagles, Death, Full Scale Ride, Ogre, and, and maybe someone else. Yeah, I can't, uh, I'm fucking retarded with my uh, Facebook thing. I can't find it. Eh, well, maybe it's under my thing. Let me see. Who knows? Let's see. Under my profile thing, yeah. Let's see. I think I posted the flyer. Let's see. Yeah, all right, so there's, uh... All right, Ogre, Defcon 1. Full Scale Riot, Silence Equals Death, and Dead Blow Hammer. There you go. All right. Be there, kids. And it's a pretty cool flyer, too. You see it? It's got the Grinch. Yeah. Very cool. You have Devil Hammer, Silence Eagles, Death, Full Scale White, Death Calm 1, and Ogre. 12, 12, yeah, December 14, 2018, Clash Bar, 39 Harding Avenue, Clifton, New Jersey, 9 o'clock. It's 10 bucks or 7 with a toy. Bring a yes. fucking toy anyway for a fucking kid, will you? Stop being fucking miserable bastards. Do something nice for once in your life, you bunch of creeps. That's what I say. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Dude, thank you so much for your fucking time, man. We're, uh, thank you, man. Yeah, we're good. We're over an hour. Awesome. Is that good? I mean, how long do you usually go? Average is an hour. You want to fucking talk about more <laughs> shit? I got, I got nowhere to go. I'm already home. <laughs> We're already in my fucking temporary fucking living space right now. But, uh, yeah, man, yo, you're free to fucking talk about whatever the hell you want, man. But we will close out this podcast with your song, with your brand new fucking Devil Hammer song. Get the word out there for the kids out there. All right, Jimmy, thanks for having me. <laughs> you're welcome, my man. Thank you. We're over here now. Place. It's selling at your home.